βασιλιάς του υποδεξί θα εκτελέσει ψάχνοντας τον Βέλα και λέει latest on the world game this is 442 insider hello and welcome to this week's 442 insider podcast on publisher Andy Jackson joining me as ever is editor Trevor Trahan hello back to just the tour this week Trev we're yep. uh, we're also back into the uh, broom cupboard from the expanse of the boardroom last week we're trying to impress Adam so yeah we, uh, exactly we recorded last week's in the boardroom we had a few complaints about the uh, the noise quality so yeah. we'll um, we'll try and speak directly into the microphones today so that that'll prove us trying to, to sh- show off in a big boardroom yeah exactly <laughs> we should have just put him in the broom cupboard with us yeah. here, um, we're going to kick off first section we're going to uh, review round three of the A-League and, uh, and as seems to be the norm at the moment the A-League threw up some interesting results and a fair degree of drama combined with some uh, has to say some quality play I thought good um, mix yeah let's kick off Friday night saw Adelaide um, take care of Melbourne Heart at home just uh, 3-2 uh, they started very well finished very well and Melbourne sort of got themselves back into the game in the middle so uh, obviously Leckie um, got them off to a great start in the first couple of minutes mm-hmm. with, a, with a well taken goal um, what did you make of this one, Trev? Certainly an exciting game. Yeah, I mean, good to see the youngsters on the score sheet um, for Adelaide. We were really impressed with um, Leckie last year. He was our, our young player of the year. Um, and we were talking earlier about how, how Ramsey looks as well and you know how good he's, he's finished was. So that's really encouraging you know, for Adelaide to see those young lads come through. Melm Hart not started as we expected, have they? It's never a particularly easy place to go, even if they were wooden spoon winners last season. You know, it's still... Especially when you haven't picked up your first result, and then you're off to go to Adelaide and and try and win. Um, you know, I tipped Hart for top four, um, and I'm I'm not going to back down on that. I still think you know they'll get their act together. Yeah. Um, but they they need a couple of those injured players back, don't they? And they they've got to... the benefit of the of the longest A League season to to date to to make it up. You know, yeah, previous once they gel, incarnations, they? you would have been a you know nearly. Ninth of the way through the season by now, so uh, so that's in their favour. Mm. Um, just a quick word on Ian Ramsey: two two very good finishes, yep. two different finishes. Um, the, his first finish, especially, we were talking about this in the car on the way in. Was um, I looked at it again on the highlights show? It was it was actually a very very clever finish because at mm-hmm. first look you think, oh, he's just slid in and you know he's gone to ground and he's he's got it in. But you actually look at it; it's a very deliberate move to lay down to give himself the angle and then he tips his head back to lift the ball over the guy on the line and it was it was actually very very clever finish if you get the chance just watch it again and see the deliberate sort of nature of when he went down early to lift it up because he probably wouldn't have been able to get the ball over that player on the line if he didn't do that Mm. Um, we've got to mention Simon Hill he did get the worm has turned in his commentary after Rooker Worm Capped two very poor performances with a with a decent performance and a, and a very strong header. See, if I'm um, Simon Hill, he's the first one that can get there with a punk. Of course he? he is, because he's live. Yeah, he's yeah. always going to get away with those. He trumps us. So we have to wait till the game's over. But anyway, it was a bit of heartbreak for the heart. Um, but I, I guess they'll sort of, you know, they'll take heart from um, from the way they got themselves back into Screw the game. Screw you, Simon yeah. Hill. We can do it too. <laughs> Should be a little bell going every time. <laughs> Ding. Every time they take heart from that. Um, but they just need to get that win, don't they? They need to just see mm. a game out and uh, and try and get some points on the board. Yeah. Uh, next game up was Perth Glory versus Newcastle. Uh, Branko Jelic got the winner off his chest stroke shoulder stroke upper arm it's in, it's in um, but it's in it's in the record books no one will know that in 10 years time um, glory worthy of the win well they should have won by more shouldn't yeah. they really yeah. um, it's a real different feel about Perth this season isn't there from you know the crowds that they're getting and the squad that they've got there's a there's a genuine expectation that they're going to be top two and they might take it out although I would like to ask and if there's anyone out west who's listening to this or who's active on our forums and there's a lot of Glory fans where did the 4,000 people go from round one yeah from 16,000 to 12,000 they've won they've gone top of the league 
They're undefeated. Yeah. They saw six goals, a six-goal thriller in that first game. Mm. Where are those 4,000 people gone? Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest problem because, you know, a lot of them were probably going for the first look at Robbie, yeah? Yeah. You know, which is fair enough, but you, like you're saying, you'd think they'd seen enough because I think it's one thing getting fans through for the first time, but it's maintaining them that, that actually matters, doesn't it? So, yeah, you're right. That's a little yeah. bit disappointing. Uh, Brisbane, uh, the Saturday game... Um, Matt McKay got the winning goal there, and, I, and I'd probably argue again, like the Perth game, the one-nil scoreline flattered Sydney rather than Brisbane. Yeah, and similar with the home team. Have, Liam could Reddy have been a lot more brilliant in the first half, wasn't he? Yeah, um, and yeah, the, the, they should have been leading then. It, it wasn't till Sydney dropped behind that they looked like they were actually going to make an effort to try and get something from the game. Um, Kofi Danning five for seven. Kofi Danning up, up front. front alone. I mean that that's one of it's one of the toughest roles in football, the solo striker role. You know, you have to have so much in your locker to play it. And, you know, being a young attacking right midfielder, um, being asked to play up there on your own is not easy. But then again, I mean, what other options did? did well, it hasn't. Have, I mean, that, you that's know, the thing. That, you, know, that they've lost, you know, they've let John Aloisi go and Chris Payne go yeah. and haven't brought a striker in. So, you know, no, no team's really got more than four out and out strikers. So, with Brosk and Bridge injured, there's, there's no one left. You know, and obviously the Brazilian has been training there uh, this week with a view to, to get in a contract and, and they need them they need because uh, I think Brosk is out again this week yep. um, and Sydney need someone up front as quickly as possible on the contrary Brisbane plays some great football I thought yeah yeah I mean we say this every week about you know completely new look Brisbane newly good Brisbane and newly rubbish Sydney isn't it um, and yeah you know, Andrew obviously had a longer term plan there, didn't he? And he cleared out all the older players and got in these these new guys. And yeah, I mean, they could have an all right season, couldn't they? Yeah, and few would have predicted the bottom three at the moment of Sydney, Melbourne Victory, and Melbourne Heart. No, at the start of the season. No, I mean they, took, they were saying before the top three from last season: Sydney, Melbourne, and, and Gold Coast haven't started, you know, well at all. Yeah, um, Sydney obviously will preview the game this weekend. I mean, it, you know, if, if they don't sign this Brazilian and, and I'm guessing that he won't be signing time for the weekend I mean what do they do this weekend what, how can they with Brosk and Bridge still injured yep. what are their other options that, that's the worst thing about this mini crisis at Sydney at the moment is that there's no obvious solution is there you know without getting in new players you know the, the guys that are going to come back just having Bridge and Brosk um, you know who are good and killer bees and all the rest of that but I don't even like just those two up front on their own without an option to bring someone else on and that's what they haven't got at the moment so yeah it's it's a real concern for Sydney the, the only advantage they've kind of got is that I was saying it's a long season and they could turn it around but they only lost seven games last season they've already lost two yeah and interesting that Ian Ramsey who we talked about earlier with two good goals for Adelaide uh, was a player that Sydney let let go from their youth team yeah that was they wouldn't have enough places or something wasn't mm. and you know he ended up leaving and he was on good form there so but you'd, you know, you'd argue in hindsight that Sydney have let a couple of young players um, go in, in Chris Payne and Ramsey. That, that arguably they could do with. Yep. They had Rooney originally. Then? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's another one that went. And he was Newcastle. scoring for fun in the youth yep. league. Wasn't yeah. Um, Wellington uh, continued their very very strong home form um, yeah. from last season, and they're continuing it this year uh, with a two 0 defeat at the Mariners. So the first defeat for uh, for Arnie's Mariners. So his uh, long-standing undefeated run has come to an end. Shame. Still no Perez. So his chances of winning the Johnny Warren medal are decreasing by the round. Uh, so it's done on a round-by-round vote. This year's Chris Greenacre. <laughs> um, two, two good goals for very different reasons in that game. Yeah. Um, the first goal was a fantastic move. Great team move. You know, Ball back in it was from uh, McAllister. Manny Musket. Great move, one two into the box. Great little cutback. Bertos tapped it in. You know, yep. can't can't argue with that. I like those team guys. You know, sometimes yeah. more of them they just smash yeah, it once. They're better, yeah. aren't they? And I feel, well, what more can we well, say? When you're one of the greatest footballers in the world, <laughs> we will build you up to that. <laughs> we will build you up to that. Uh, he, he got through one on a keeper. For those of you that haven't seen it, have a look at it and just finished it with the outside of his left foot into yeah. the top corner. Took it early, keeper stranded, and that's why we love him. Yeah, that's but. why he's one of the greatest players Barbados has ever produced. It's because he can do that. Indeed. And not surprisingly, um, 
there's moves afoot from uh, from Ricky Herbert to tie um, to tie Eiffel down on a long term deal to to pretty much finish his career in Wellington. So um, mm. it seems like just seems like a match made in heaven. He obviously loves playing there. He's having a great time. But, yeah, it, you, know? you know. So good it's, on him. It's a cracking city for someone you know of that age, isn't it? Going out there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not surprised he's enjoying it. So arguably we've saved the best for last. <laughs> Melbourne victory. Game. Melbourne victory two. <laughs> North Queensland Fury 2. Now, this was a game dominated by the referee, uh, who was previously a, a Scottish Premier League referee. Um, I'm not sure... He's gone up in the world, then. Well, yeah, but I'm also not sure with the way he refereed this game how he ever finished a match in Scotland, because surely <laughs> if, you, if you came out of this with, uh, with two red cards and bookings for simulation, I'm surprised he ever managed to keep more than seven players on the pitch in, the, in the Scotland. He didn't look after an old firm, obviously. So anyway, let's let's just recap on what happened in this game. Fury took the lead through a, through a bit of a scrambled goal. Then then the drama started with with Victory's equaliser, which uh, saw Robbie Cruz uh, go through and um, and the, the the Fury play brought him down. And it was adjudged a, a red card, which I thought was a bit harsh. Yeah, definitely. You know, it wasn't like he's clean through on goal. There was a player coming across who did actually clear it. Yeah. Um, so I thought that, that that was a little harsh to begin with. Then, obviously, in the second half, the the comedy sort of started a little bit with um, with two yellow cards for simulation given to Deganzic and for Cruz. How did you see these, Trev? I mean, the first one, uh, Passfield drops it mm. and it sort of bounces away. Deganzic tries to go after it. Um, Deganzic is obviously claiming that that Passfield hooked his leg and brought him down. The referee's mm. seen it very differently and, and issued a yellow card. Yeah. Let's look at that one first. What, what did you think of that? Well, what yes. do you think of it first First take? What do you think of it afterwards? Well, you know, speaking generally, I am for being harsh on, on simulation because you think that's the only way to stamp it out, but it's such a grey area when you get it wrong. Do you remember that guy in England that was sent off for two two dives? Yeah. You know, and... But also, let's, let's be honest, you know... Let, like, if you get booked for simulation, you're effectively officially being branded a cheat. Yeah. Now, the referee is no saying, you have cheated. Yeah. You know, and and uh, what, I, what I'm worried about, and obviously this was a directive to referees to crack down on simulation, mm. which I'm all in favour of, but what I'm worried about is that every time there's contact in the box or on the edge of the box, and it's not a free kick, the referee is going to book the player for simulation, and, and the, t- the, the two can yeah. happen. You know, there can be contact; a player can go down, and it cannot be a foul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it cannot be a penalty, and, and it doesn't mean to be that there's a booking or a sending off either way. Mm. I think it's a blatant act. It's, to me, it's like where the there was no contact, yeah. and the player behaves as if there was. That, yeah. that to me, is simulation. You know, and yeah, you know, people will make, but I think in that grey area where there is contact, and you give it for simulation. Mm. And I think in both of these instances, there was contact. Yeah. But in both instances, I would argue that neither of them were penalties. I didn't think they were. Yeah. I thought sort of Robbie Cruz, let's look at the Robbie Cruz one. I mean, Robbie Cruz goes through, pushes the ball at quite an, quite an acute angle away from the defender. The defender stands his ground, does not put his leg across Cruz's run, stands his ground, and Cruz is running full pelt towards him. Which is quick. Tries to follow the ball. <laughs> mm. And, yeah, there is contact and he goes to ground. But I would argue that it's not a foul because the defender has not, you know, has not basically tried to bring the guy down. He's not tried to make a tackle. Mm. Yeah. So Cruz's momentum has taken him into him. And I just think we're in a very, you know, setting a very dangerous precedent. Yeah, I, I think that the easiest way to deal, you know, with diving is to look back at it afterwards, is retrospectively go back and punish these players because then you're clear about exactly what's happened and, you know, these sort of mistakes won't creep in. Yeah. Um, so eventually, Victory did get a penalty um, through their new signing, Jeff Jeff Kellaway, who we, we obviously broke the exclusive that that he was signing from the VPL. Um, he looked tasty, didn't he? Yeah, he looked yeah. very handy, quick, um, decent cross on him, good decision making. I thought he uh, he looked very good when he came on. He's the sort of player that fits into that Victory way of playing, yeah. particularly away from home. I think he'll, he'll yeah. be really useful. And uh, obviously, uh, Mr. Musket got back to his usual ways, which is not missing a penalty from the grand final. It's quite funny, isn't it? Because he's known for just this outrageous penalty scoring record, isn't he? I mean, he's ever missed one in normal time in the A League, hasn't he? Always stuck him away. Yeah, until the grand final. Until that one, <laughs> that yeah. one time. Yeah, so that's all. Victory go two one up, and then uh, and then down the other end, um, Fury got a penalty um, again in for for what. We see every weekend at corners in, in every level of football. 
Um, although, to, to be fair to the ref, he did pull the players aside and warn them. Mm. And I guess he's obviously said any more of that and I'm going to give a penalty. And they do it again and he gives a penalty. So, yeah. so to that extent, I'll probably back the ref up on that one. Footballers don't learn shocker. No, yeah, <laughs> footballers don't listen to something said 30 seconds ago. <laughs> exclusive. Um, and then the, the mayhem that followed that with, was it the player's mouth guard? Yeah, was it a cutter's mouth guard was on the floor, and Musket was stood over it. And then it's such a you know the ref didn't do a great job, but it was one hard game to referee though, wasn't it? Ah, true, you know, true. It's not a normal game. So anyway, so so the player pushes Musket straight in the chest. Not surprisingly, Kevin goes down as anyone <laughs> been, would. I think he's been shot. Yeah, you know. um, but it was just stupid from the player. The referee was right there. It's yeah. like. Why did he do that? But is it, so that was a bit of a brain snap. So, I mean, you could argue that he was a red card was harsh, maybe it should have been a yellow, but he, he just shouldn't do that. But, yeah, Chris Payne slotted the penalty, and then uh, Fury held on by the skin of their teeth with nine men. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd expect that victory side of old, wouldn't you, to, uh, you know, home advantage against a side like Fury, who've proven people wrong to hammer home that advantage. Yeah. But how, how was that Adrian Lair header at the end? Oh, mate, it's... Uh, <laughs> I, when it became obvious that the, I, I had a sort of feeling that the draw the draw bet wasn't going to be a good one this weekend, no. so I sort of tried to lay it off with uh, with ten bucks on a, on the treble of Perth, Wellington, and victory all to win. Yeah, and of course when uh, when that second goal goes in, and then you know, I need out of nine men, I'm like, come on, lads. Yeah, and the, the, that last minute header from Leo, I was up off the sofa. <laughs> it's rare that I cheer a Melbourne victory goal. But, uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, two all it finished. Uh, probably one of the most eventful games uh, that we've seen in the A League. You'd, you'd have to say that. Yep. Um, Victory find themselves in a not dissimilar situation to uh, to Sydney in that you know, they, the, the fo- they don't really have a focal point of their attack at the moment. Robbie Cruz has no. been in and out, started his first game at the weekend. They've signed Ricardinho, cool. so we're looking forward to him. You know, decent pedigree, so we'll see. Uh, Apparently, I'm not sure whether he's going to be fit for this weekend, maybe next weekend. So right. that's the tip. That's all for uh, Section 1. Uh, join us in Part 2 when we will be looking at some of the news headlines on our website, au.442.com. The season starts here with 442's ultimate companion to the big kickoff. Every A-League and EPL team is profiled, complete with all the fixtures, stats and expert opinion you need. Hear the views of Fox Sports Match Day Saturday team on the coming season and enjoy our look forward to the start of league action in Spain, Germany and Italy. Plus, we go one-on-one with Liverpool legend and TV super pundit Mark Lawrenson. If it's in the game, it's in 442. On sale now. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. We're going to move to uh, what's been happening news-wise on our site, au.442.com this week. As always in football, another busy week. Uh, kicked off with uh, Holger Osek um, naming his first Socceroos squad yep. uh, for the forthcoming friendlies against Switzerland and Poland. Um, People already annoyed of him because it's not different enough. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There were uh, it's a squad of twenty, and there were only uh, there were four new players from the uh, when I say new players, I mean players that weren't included in the World Cup squad, mm-hmm. which I think was what people were getting a little bit uh, irate about. Those players being Scott McDonald, Nathan Burns, Jade North, and Matt Spiranovic. Now, obviously, the, the, the sort of link there with Spiranovic is that Osic used to uh, used to coach you our Reds, where yep. uh, where uh, Matthew's now playing. So I'm guessing a quick couple of phone calls to the coaches there would have been in order how's he progressing yeah. uh, in you come um, so that you know, he's a player that, that we've all been touting for, for quite a while um, went to Germany didn't really get the game time that he was looking for but now seems to be establishing himself in the J League which is which is great for us because um, on two scores one is that he's playing in a very good league and a, and a, and a good technical league mm. but also his proximity to Australia compared with Europe is better so yeah. you know, he, he's likely to get more um, more opportunities particularly around the Asian Cup and yeah, the World I mean, Cup the, qualifiers you certainly hope he can be a starter at the Asian Cup but you know th- you, the four players you mentioned coming in um, no offence to Jade North, but I'm pretty happy about three of them. You know, Nathan Burns, Scott McDonald should certainly be part of the squad, and um, Spiranovic as well. So, you know, th- that's encouraging. While the squad was, you know, largely the same, and I think Holger's got a kind of 
um, you know, look at the guys that have been playing before with his own Absolutely. eyes before he can start discounting yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's the thing that struck me is that, you know, these are his senior players, you know, here. These are the players that have just been to the World Cup, yeah. and this is his first time to work with them. Yeah. You know, he wasn't involved, although he was unveiled, and he, there was that footage of him going around shaking their hands. Yeah. He wasn't hands-on for the game against Slovenia. So I, yeah. I don't think there's any issue with him taking a look at his, you know, the the, the incumbent squad mm. of, of available players and senior players, yeah. you know, and, and, and getting to know them. He needs to also impart to them what his philosophy is going to be, you yeah. know, how he wants the Socceroos to play. Yeah. You know, and, and we may well see in subsequent squads that he doesn't recall them for when he doesn't need to now, but, but this is his chance over a, a FIFA double weekend yeah. to, 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 to explain to them what he's looking for from exactly. them. So I, 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 I didn't draw too much into that. And uh, an angle a lot of the you know, media took was you know, Harry Kuehl in Socceroos squad. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, our greatest ever player who's still only 31. And in another it? shocker, it's now Harry Kuehl is out of soccer his squad because Didn't of the fight he's injured. Didn't see that coming. The fight is injured, and uh, as is uh, Michael Beecham. So both of those like to drop out. So maybe there's an opportunity for another couple of uh, of younger players to, to come along and have a look at, or fringe players that you'll have a look at there. Yep. Um, well, those games are coming up pretty thick and fast. Is it uh, next week? September the 3rd, September the 7th. So Oof. that's, uh, when is that? Next Saturday and next yep. Wednesday. Would that be? Yeah, yeah. Tuesday, yeah. Uh, Clint Bolton has uh, come and said that he, he, he rates the A-League this season and uh, thinks that it's the best A-League season ever, three rounds in. <laughs> Getting um, excited very early. I'm surprised he's saying that as well. Yeah, well, obviously, they've not had the best of starts. And, and he puts his hand up and says that he's probably not personally had the best of starts either. And, and no. Certainly two going through his legs against Adelaide um, would, would be testimony to that. Well, what do you think? I watched uh, Fox Sports FC on, on Tuesday night and, and the general consensus there was that this, is, you know, this has been a, an increase in, in playing quality on the pitch that we've seen so far. Would you agree with that? Uh, I just think little things are improving each year, like the pace of the game and you know a little bit of the touch. Far too early to say to make sort of sweeping generalisations on the whole season but yeah it, it does seem to be getting you know a lot better and I think we've seen it with a few of the, the guys that have been doing well in the A-League for sort of several years are struggling a little bit more this season with the pace of the game yeah. which I think is exactly what needs to happen you sort of up you know up the pace of the game so yeah it, in some respects yeah it has yeah. improved I mean, it's got, you know, as I said, we've got, you know, if we're still talking like this around sort of 28, yeah. 29, then I, I think we could make that claim. But we always become jaded, don't we? Because it starts off, everyone's excited and things, things are improving and then, you know, yeah. stuff happens during the season. Um, Shane Smeltz, uh, looks like he could, could be on the move again. Um, tell you what, you wouldn't mind a job as his removalist, would you? No, he's exactly. not a bad gig, is it? Um, so from China to, uh, to Turkey now and, yeah. uh, Genkler Beligi, Genkler Beligi, uh, which is obviously a, a starting point or a posting point for, for quite a lot of uh, Australian players or Kiwi players in this instance. Uh, who have we had go there? Nicky Carl, Bruce Jitte. Yeah. Yedinak uh, went there first, did he? Troisi, did he, did he go there? Troisi was there. Yeah. Um, although it's not definite yet, because apparently it seems a bit of a weird situation that they've got a German coach now, uh, the ex-German international Thomas Doll, mm. who is believed that he's actually got a preferred German as his number one option, and Smelt seems to be the full, yeah, <laughs> seems to be the fallback option, uh, which is not a great position to be in, but but also it's not a great position for the Gold Coast to be in because um, no. having sort of just got used to him being back, then um, it looks like he's not going to be around for long. Could um, Smelt consider getting an agent? Because he hasn't got one. Really? No, he hasn't, because I was trying to track him down the other day, and he hasn't got an agent that looks after him. Um, yeah. And for, for all the slating that fans like to do of agents and stuff, um, if you are planning a move this big, yeah. I, reckon, well, I, I recommend you yeah. have some sort of representation. And in light of what happened with Danny Vukovic, you know, yeah. who, who did sign a contract with a Turkish club, um, having that contract it seems that it's no guarantee that um, you'll be dealt with in the correct manner either. Yeah. Um, other stories were um, just overnight and, and, and early this week, just looking at how the uh, Socceroos in Europe or Aussies in Europe were getting on. Scott Chipperfield, uh, Basel qualified for the UE for Champions League um, after a 3-0 win. I think they went through 4-0 on aggregate. 
<laughs> and Chippers came on as a 78th minute sub. Yeah. Um, so obviously no longer in the Socceroos frame because he's retired after the World Cup, but great to see Chippers. Uh, we'll be getting Champions League <clears> football <throat> again, um, which at his stage of his career is, is a massive bonus. It's fairly incredible, yeah. He's really settled out there, isn't he, with a Swiss wife? And yeah. He, he, you know, he loves it out there. And we, we talk about Socceroos coming back. Um, you saw the longer he gets the chance to still play and, and com- participate at that level, the less the likelihood is of him probably ever coming and playing in the A-League because yeah. he'll probably just sort of go out and, and maybe even stay there and, and make life there. Exactly, if he even plans to come back on a personal level, you know. Yeah, and interestingly, uh, Chippers will now join uh, Tvente's David Carney as the only Australians to compete in this season's Champions League. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, timely with his uh, recall to Socceroos squad, Scott McDonald scored his third goal of the season uh, with a strike, although Middlesbrough still went down 2-0 at Millwall Boo. in the Carling Cup. Uh, Emo, Emerton played a full game uh, and Vinnie Grella started and got through just over an hour as Blackburn uh, beat Norwich in the Carling Cup 3-1. Richard Garcia played a full game as Hull went down 2-1 at Brentford. Uh, Adam Federici was on the bench um, as Reading drew 3-3 with Northampton. Now, he made a bit of a clangor at the weekend. He actually kicked the ball into the back of his own player, which well, then rebounded. I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but that sounds amazing. It doesn't say he was <laughs> dropped. It says he was rested. So, um, uh, Kilkenny, Neil Kilkenny played a full 90 minutes for Leeds. Uh, James Wozlowski played a full game for Peterborough. Uh, youngster Bailey Wright was a 46-minute sub for Who, Preston. Who's Bailey Wright? I don't know. <laughs> and Shane Cansdale Sheriff put in a full shift. The Shrews, we lost 2-1 to Stoke. All the big news there here on the so podcast. That's, that's the update, I see. Um, another bit of fun is uh, Philips, uh, the uh, you know sort of consumer electronics company, are, are running the Sports Dad of the Year Award. Yep. And we always like to, to get behind... Uh, our football code when it's up against the other rivals so Nicky Carl and John Aloisi are in the running for this and uh, they need our votes uh, to be uh, to be victorious against I'm going to look who we're going against uh, West Tigers Premiership winning prop John Scandalis no. uh, oh no it was last year's winner sorry he's up against Brett Kamali, Steve Price Wendell oh, Saylor bad fathers all of them <laughs> can't say that allegedly <laughs> allegedly um, but yeah AFL superstars Matthew Lloyd Adam Cooney Michael O'Loughlin and, smoke uh, around their kids oh and Melbourne Victory's popular goal scorer we've seen Archie Thompson so there's three football uh, players in there are they not last year's it is last year <laughs> <laughs> just went out last year ignore that this that's why they didn't win <laughs> you this year's nominees include Nathan Hindmarsh uh, Cameron Smith and Sam Perrett. So there we go. So get behind the soccer boys. Um, Are we worried that the the, the football vote, you know, the soccer vote, is going to be split here? Because maybe if we had one guy, yeah, we'd have Sydney a better chance. Versus Melbourne, but yeah, let's get behind both of them. Vote for both. Vote okay. twice. Um, yeah. What's in? I mean, what information have we got to go on, and who actually is the best dad? Don't know. <laughs> Head to the website. And have a look. <laughs> Google it. By the way, it is a cracking website, that one. Though. Google Phillips Sports Dallity. Yeah, it's it's um, yeah, really well-designed website. So go, on, lo- go on it just for that. Just the last story I want to just quickly touch on. Obviously, uh, the FIFA uh, bandwagon has rolled out of Australia with regards to the World Cup bid. And, uh, and this week is in England. Um, and Wayne Rooney, Rio Ferdinand and Howard Webb were joining forces to impress FIFA's inspectors. Um, don't know if how we've booked any of them, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that did make me laugh, and, and particularly in the context of the Australian bid, which is which is fair to say has not exactly got the backing of the mainstream press here. No. The Sun created a back the bid crop circle. Yep, that's <laughs> class, isn't it's it? It's huge. So anyway, so uh, head on head online, have a look at the Sun site. They created this massive crop circle. We've backed the bid 2018 that was visible from the sky as they were going over. Yeah. So, I saw uh, Simon Cowell had a back the bid scarf as well the other day. Yeah, rumours that the Herald Sun and Ron Barassi are creating a crop circle of Ron Barassi's middle finger are, uh, <laughs> are apparently over-exaggerated but not beyond the realms of possibility. Slash made up by us. Yeah, and also, we, I had an email from, uh, from uh, a lad that I play football with, Chapo, who's listening last week, Chapo, who yeah. also pointed out that James Morrison was... Uh, uh, 
was the one of the Dead at 27 Rock Brigade. Another person was very, very... Joplin. I did a bit of research. Yeah, there's loads, isn't there? Fifteen. Fifteen really? big names. Yeah, all, Janis all Joplin. No. Jim Morrison. Yeah. Um, I've had many comparisons to him over my life so far, so... Cut from the same mould, aren't Yeah, I? apparently he was crap at spelling as well. <laughs> anyway... That's enough for part two. We'll be back in the third section to talk about where we've just been. We're actually recording this a couple of hours later than we normally do because we've just been uh, at an invitation-only uh, briefing from the FFA on uh, on where they're heading from a technical perspective from, from Hamburger and his technical team there at the FFA. So we're going to talk about some of the more interesting parts that came out of that after this break. So join us then. The season starts here with 442's ultimate companion to the big kickoff. Every A-League and EPL team is profiled, complete with all the fixtures, stats and expert opinion you need. Hear the views of Fox Sports Match Day Saturday team on the coming season and enjoy our look forward to the start of league action in Spain, Germany and Italy. Plus, we go one-on-one with Liverpool legend and TV super pundit Mark Lawrenson. If it's in the game, it's in 442. On sale now. Back to 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to the 442 Insider Podcast. We're into part three and we're just going to spend a bit of time talking about the briefing that we've just had um, from the FFA. Uh, we're selecting members of the media. Uh, we're in attendance, um, pretty much all of the, the newspapers, uh, the SBS All crew the big were names. There. Yeah, we were Les, Fozzie, Francois, Tiff, you're all there. Um, very interesting couple yeah. of hours, isn't it? What you did know? you think when you got your hand out? Because it was like being back at school and I was like, well, how many slides have we got to get through? And I was like... Oh, it's double-sided as well. <laughs> it's going to take so, ages. Just just to give you a bit of insight into what it was about, the, the, the FFA have just announced uh, regional uh, state uh, skill acquisition coaches. Now, we went up to the original sort of uh, selection process for this, didn't we, Trevor? Yeah, well, we now, did a bit in the mag, the yeah, Australian Vengas, if you Yeah, we did a piece of this in the mag. And what this is about is about, uh, you know, the, it's a commonly well you know, documented that the, the real age where, where skill is learned and technique is developed uh, as a football, not just as a footballer, but, uh, but any, uh, any motor skill is, uh, is that age between nine to 13, this, the so-called golden age of learning. And obviously this is a, we're way gone then, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. But this is a particular sort of like, uh, area for me, cause this is the age that I coach. So I'm obviously very interested and very involved in this. On, feel on the a, pressure now. You know, they're, they're like sponges. Yeah. yeah, your, yeah. yeah mate, you know what? If you are coaching kids at this age group, um, which I am, it, it, it is a responsibility because you are developing their, the technical skills that they will take with them when they develop as yep. players. And you hope that they do. And if you don't do a good job, at this age group, then they they lose their opportunity. So it is something that I, that I certainly take very uh, very seriously. So so these regional skill acquisition uh, coaches will work with the elite programs uh, in that area um, and specifically aiming at that nine to thirteen uh, technical development. Some interesting points as well were that they will be appointing state technical directors yep. um, that report into Harm Burger. Now, so that, mini, that is a, mini Hans. Yeah, now, but, but you know, I think that that is a massive uh, step because traditionally the state federations have, have sort of done their own thing, often in, in opposition to each other, or not in opposition, but, but you know, have each adopted their own it's system. Fragmented, FFA, wasn't it, before, um, no. Football New South Wales had Curva for a long time. Yep. Football Federation Victoria did their own thing. And now having this... You know, common national curriculum with and 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 the FFA have, have established that at the top, and now slowly they're they're permeating that through the system, yep. which can only be a good thing. You know, and that means that that each state can now deliver its own sort of advanced C license courses, which is the course that I did, um, as opposed to what was previously the case where it was an annual centralised course, and that obviously limits the number of people. That, that can do it, but it also makes the course more expensive because people have to travel and pay for accommodation. So, Japan and Australia are now the only two of the the only two of the 46 AFC nations who are permitted to run their own courses, who have been deemed by the AFC to be, you know, of of a standard of coach education that they're they're left to their own devices, which again is a good thing because it means that they can run as many courses and put as many people through this as there are. Uh, coaches available. Mm. And um, things were culturally quite different to the rest of Asia, aren't we? Because you know mm. we're more joined there, you know, federation than we have as an actual continent. So we sh- have to be able to have our own way of 
making it Australian high. Yeah, and also at the very top level, um, yeah, the, there was a bit of furore last season about the A-League coaches having to go back to school and Miron was very vocal in that. Could you imagine but, Miron messing around in class? Yeah. <laughs> but Harm reported that they did all actually go, did all get something out of it, and we now have a situation where I think all bar three of the coaches in the A-League have the pro licence and, and the other three have the A and are moving towards the pro licence. And so, that, that, so that's really from the accreditation side of things and, and was the real nitty-gritty of this morning. With, and, and to be honest, from my perspective, it was all great stuff to hear because yep. uh, it, 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 you know, we can't over, overestimate the importance of developing the players at that level. So we've got five of these guys now for me the, there's five and I, th- I think the, the plan is and the plan was always to have more than one at the moment it's one per state yeah and um, some names people might know uh, Andre Gupta was in there wasn't he Andre Gumprecht there was uh, Richie Alagic who's doing South Australia uh, guy I did my course with Ivan Jolic who's ex-BPL uh, NSL player Mian Bojovic um, local lad done good yeah he's doing very well um, and he's New South Wales, uh, and Matt Horsley, yep. from memory, is WA, and I'm yep. missing one guy, I can't remember the Brisbane. Sorry, kind of sorry anyway. for um, The other interesting things that came out of that, the, the talk and the, the presentation from, from Han was, uh, was that there was, a, there was a meeting with the A-League coaches prior to this season to talk specifically about the opportunities that were being given to young players. Um, and Hahn, obviously, there, there was the, the, the piece in the, in the media the other week where he was talking about the fact that he thinks that there's too many journeymen overseas players bought here as a matter of course without opportunity first being given to, to Australian players with, with a similar level of ability. And it seems that that, that went further and was an actual sort of uh, get-together between the coaches. Um, we've all been talking, we've been talking, Trev, the last few weeks about the rise of young players, the Cernaks, the Maliks, you yeah. know, the, the Chris Paynes, who it does seem that they are getting more of an opportunity and more game time than has been previously the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose the interesting statistic they had, um, this is the FFA from, from the thing we were at this morning, um, was saying about the amount of Australian-based young Socceroos, you know, and they're saying there was sort of a set of 35 that represented at that level. How few, you know, few of them were actually playing regularly in the A League, and they said seven. So twenty um, percent. Yeah. So I mean, Luke Devere, Matthew Lecky, Kantorowski, you know, Tommy all this is last season, and Daniel Mullin, then Mitch Nichols and and Rooney as well. And the same, you know, Nichols and Rooney are arguably not even starters. So you know, Ham was making this point that that you know, if you're good enough to be a young soccer in, then you should be good enough to play in the A League. But we're not really seeing that mm. seeing that reflected. So I think that's what they. You know, that's the change they want to make. And he went on to roll off a few names of players that he had at a young age in Holland, uh, which sort of... I'd heard of them, actually. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) sort of put it all into context, you know, and he was talking about the fact that players like Van Bommel, Van Persie, Schneider, these guys were playing Eredivisie at 16 and 17. You know, Romelu Van Persie was playing up front. Starter. Starting at 16, you you know. Um, and that sort of shows really that you know we haven't really had a 16-year-old make it, you know, a starting lineup in the A League. Terry Antonis, I suppose, would probably be the the closest we've got, but he's not figured yet. So yeah, um, hopefully we will. So whether it, you know, and and I think Harm was honest about this. He didn't say that it was because of this meeting that this, that, that it was happening, but he mm. said it was a nice co- you know, coincidence, and and hopefully the message was getting through, you know, and and, and he did throw up a few other. Uh, Trevor, a few other procedures or restrictions that they were discussing. They've got a four-point suggestion, haven't they? Yeah, they? none of these are, are in fact, but are, no. are fact. But these were some of the things that they were talking about yeah. to help develop the young players and give them opportunities in the A League. Sure. So no, number one, the first thing they're they're suggesting, and, and some of this the FFA said some that kind of the A League coaches have, have thought might be a good idea as well. But number one is decrease the number of visa players. Now, how many have we got at the moment? It's not a massive it's amount. It's not huge. I think it's five. Five. I, I think, think it's, it's five, five as well, yeah. But it's three for the Champions League. It's three for the Asian Champions League. Right, OK. Well, you know, that would be the obvious thing to, to just decrease it down to. I mean, I don't think five's a huge amount anyway because... Not in a squad of 23. No, because we're talking about this discussion of, um, you know, getting crowd figures up and getting players over that, you know, are entertaining and good and, you know, your team, the whole overall standard of the league getting up. You know, Paul Weifel 
for example, yep. is a player that's coming over, you know, and an, an ideal example of a good visa player that you'd go and watch has improved Wellington and, and, and increased football there. So I'm not entirely sold on that one, to be fair. I'm not sure how much. What about the idea that, that's linked to this where, where they said that visa players have to earn a certain amount, they have to be over a certain threshold? So what you're so not doing is bringing going. over overseas players at that to fill your squad. The overseas yeah. players that you are bringing are going to be the players like Eiffel, are going to be the players that are marquees that will make the difference. So, so at that sort of mid to lower tier, as you term it, in your squad hierarchy, yeah. those positions are not filled by overseas players, they're filled by local players. And one way of doing that is, is saying that you can only employ overseas players that earn above a certain amount it's like mini marquee system really yeah. isn't it yeah. you know just letting, them, letting any visa players interestingly uh, Hamburg said that that is employed in Holland right that is the Ooh, system okay. in Holland so I'll be over here then if it's in Holland <laughs> yeah. then it's good enough so that, yeah that's point number two the, the minimum salary for visa players um, point three um, compulsory number of Australian under 23 players in every starting lineup. Um, I mean that's quite a big one, isn't it? Especially when you're talking about you know starting lineups. Um, I, th- I think that's a, a reasonable idea, isn't it? it? Depends how many they're saying. What, what you think would be a good number? Yeah, although you so know, when they I say under twenty, that, that is that is artificially, you know, that that's creating a potentially an artificial environment. That's not right. necessarily saying if they're good enough, they're old enough. That's saying that whether they're good enough or not, you have to have a certain amount in. Yeah, you know, I'm not. But that, isn't that that's the idea? The one that I'm least convinced of. But isn't that the idea that they're forcing them to so they can develop and get better? So if you're only saying like two, mm. or you know, maybe even just one. Seeing as it's starting, like you'd think perhaps squad would be, a, you know, start potentially on the bench because you know Ham was making the point that if a game's going well, yeah. then you can stick on a young player yeah. for the last fifteen, you know, twenty minutes to give them experience that they wouldn't normally get. So. You know, if you're saying, let's say two under 23 players, when it says under 23, do they have to have represented, you know, a so, you know, young soccer? Not, is, so be, literally just under under, 23 under that age to play. Yeah, so I mean, you know, that could work, but, you know, they clearly haven't nutted out how many players that's going to be. The fourth one um, is a possibility to have seven substitutes on the bench. And this is the one that came from the A-League coaches, wasn't it? This was the yeah. one that Hans said it was the one that they said, because I don't know whether people are aware of this, is that. The A League is limited to four substitutions, primarily for financial reasons, yeah. because of the costs of moving a, a bigger squad of players on match day around the country and the costs that it impacts on the clubs. I do remember, I might have imagined this, but I'm sure in season one when we asked the question why it was, they put the figure at something like a million dollars for every play, extra player that travels to. 30 games or whatever How are they getting the, the season. Are they getting a well, cab there? Flight, accommodation, right. you know, it's like just a running cost of a player. Maybe you can go, but you have to share a room. Maybe it was a, a player no, that's already I tell you what it was, it was a total of a million dollars for the eight teams, for the extra player over the season. Right, so it okay. was probably about 100, 100 grand per person, which would, make, which would be about right. Right, yeah. yeah. 20 flights, you know, accommodation, that sort of thing. Maybe just drop down the youth hostels. No, you don't get as good accommodation. No uh, lifts from the airport. So yeah, so the coaches say that what would help them would be the the ability to have more players on the coach on on the coach, more players on the bench, so that the younger players could get the chance to be on the bench. And if the game was going well, then then they could throw them on and, and get some experience. But I guess when you can only have three outfield players on the bench and you've got a squad of twenty three. Yeah, you know, you're more senior players. There are going to be more senior players probably in those top three positions. So, mm. so yeah. So that that was that was quite interesting, and and, and it you know again, it's interesting to to hear some of the backdrop to some of the the things that we've seen in the A League. We've seen the fact that there are more young players playing. Yeah, uh, more young players are getting the opportunity. North Queensland's been a good example. Um, the other interesting thing for me was was the discussion that that. A number of points in this presentation, um, Holger Osik's name came up, um, and there was a little little bit of a pointed jibe at us. I think. Yeah, he's the new a, Socceroos coach, in yeah, case no one's the, ever heard of him. It, the, the Holger Who Brigade was referred to, which uh, which I took as a sort of little jibe at us. But we'll, We'd we'll already take sent that. the mag, hadn't we? We'll take that as well. um, But I think as you learn more about what his role is going to be, I think you then it becomes clear that a lot of the names that were being touted for the job were never in the frame because mm. this guy is clearly coming here um, as, as a Socceroos coach to get results, but he's also coming here 
for his expertise in a developmental capacity, both as a player development, but also in, as a coach development. Yep. You know, so his his name was 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 involved in a number of these slides, both in terms of developing the skill acquisition side of the game, but also the development of the coaches. So when you look at that, and I know that Frank Lowy also talked about some of the criteria that were in place, i.e. had to come here, spend most of his time here, but work with Australian assistants experience, experience to develop Asia, them. Yeah. You know, And Vidmar's one, they're going to appoint a second one. You'd think that probably people in the frame for that would be the likes of Gary Von Egmont. Yeah. Um, so when, when you look at all of that, Trev, some of the names that have been banded about in the ride cards mm. and that were, were never in the frame, were they? No, I think they're not going to come here and, and do that. They've got no interest in that. They're, no. they're professional coaches that are going from job to job. They're not going to come and say, right, I'll take a stake in the development yeah. of this country. It's, you know? it's gone quite away from that hitting appointment that was ultimately, you know, just coming in, get us results over this little. Well, buzz. get us to the World Cup for the first time and in then, 32 yeah, and then years. Was his brief. Um, it? One thing I would say, Holger, is that while he was a name that. You know, fans and you know we'd heard about, and um, it was Holger Hood to us. It sounds like people within FA and perhaps you know within football more broadly know him relatively well because you know Kelly Cross and the coach was saying that you know he's he's crossed paths with. Yeah, him well, he's been part of the FIFA technical team yeah. for, since he left. Uh, yeah, so Japan. you know he's much better. Another little side story was that he nearly got the Germany job. Yes, Holger nearly got the Germany uh, job after. Yeah, so that's two thousand and. Yeah, two thousand four. Yeah. So and you know and and, so and also, I, I think the Holger who was was a bit not necessarily because people don't don't know who he is, but in in the in the caliber of not in the caliber, but in the names in the universe of names that were being mentioned. Yeah. Um. You know, he probably was the the, the least known or the least named yeah. coach. Yeah. So, but. You know, he's definitely well credentialed. He's going to be involved in a lot more than just picking the Socceroos team by the sounds of it. Yeah. And uh, you've got some time with him coming up for the magazine, haven't you? So, yeah, you... But probably before the Paraguay, after the sort of recent friendlies, but b- before the Paraguay guy, uh, game, we should hopefully speak to him. I did have an interesting Holger story, though. Mm-hmm. But it's not my story, it's Aidan's story. Yeah. But I'm going to tell it as, Go if, as if he was here. Aidan won't mind. No, he won't. But... Aidan was saying that you know he he knew Holger. He wasn't actually surprised, you know, was surprised about the point, but he knew who Holger was from when he was at Urara Red Diamonds. Yeah, and they were over for the Asian Champions League game. Branko was still at Sydney at the time, and they were um, at the Astral Bar doing the press conference. Um, I think I think before the game, um, they got Branko up, and the Japanese journalists said, you know, what do you know about us? You know, what do you know about Urara? Branko sort of wowed everyone. Went for all their players formations, threats, you know, he knew everything. He'd clearly had like a dossier about, you know, the team that they were facing. Got Holger up afterwards, said, Oh what you know, what do you know about Sydney? He went, Oh, you've got that one blonde guy who's Carney, Carney, yeah, he's good. And that's all he knew. And they were saying that, you know, Australian journalists were a little bit like he hasn't bothered to do his homework on Sydney whatsoever. And you know, the game panned out that Sydney were unlucky not to beat them. Um, it was only because Yara's don't have the restrictions that we've got in Sydney and they had the quality to get back in and, and draw the game to all but and, you know it's not reading too much into that but most great coaches over prepare whoever they've got and there was a sense that he hadn't even bothered looking at Sydney fail to prepare prepare to fail exactly there was that story of Mourinho when they uh, Chelsea played that lower league side and Chelsea smashed them and Mourinho met the guy after I can't remember who the club was it might have been Peterborough and Mourinho handed him a folder that he had on every single one of their players because that's what he's like. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, you have to be prepared. So hopefully Holger does some homework this time. All right. Well, that's... Um, <laughs> well, you can ask him. I would, do, yeah. I'm going to ask, ask him about him. that. Uh, so, yeah, it's a very, uh, very informative and very encouraging uh, meeting at the FFA and uh, and I, I can't imagine that, that the guys like the Craig Fosters could find much... To grumble about with that, I mean, no, we'll, right I guess we'll see in it? his in his column at the weekend and on SBS. But um, but yeah, I mean, it certainly seems that you know this this isn't a magic wand thing. You know, this no. isn't something that you can 
just with, with you know half a million players around the country yeah. just wave a wand and make everything all right. And we're talking about developing nine to thirteen year olds. Yeah, so you know, and that's going to be, be the, the generation really that is coming into play in 2022, right. which is also something that we might look at in the mag in the future. Yeah. But anyway, um, hopefully you uh, you enjoyed that insight into our morning. Um, we'll be back after this break to preview this weekend's A League games in round four. Join us after that. The season starts here with 442's ultimate companion to the big kickoff. Every A-League and EPL team is profiled, complete with all the fixtures, stats and expert opinion you need. Hear the views of Fox Sports Match Day Saturday team on the coming season and enjoy our look forward to the start of league action in Spain, Germany and Italy. Plus, we go one-on-one with Liverpool legend and TV super pundit Mark Lawrenson. If it's in the game, it's in 4-4-2. On sale now. The latest on the world game. This is 4-4-2 Insider. Hello and welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider Podcast. Uh, we're now going to preview round four in the A-League. Um, just looking at some of the, the fast facts on this week. Um, it's just drawn to the attention that Jeff Kellaway, who played for Melbourne Victory last Sunday, was the A-League's 500th player to make an appearance. And as if to prove the point of, uh, of our last discussion, um, it, it's got some interesting facts about debuts in the A-League and obviously within the last five years everyone's been a debutant in the A-League so I guess that skews it a little bit Mm. because um, you know the A-League's only five years old but the average age on debut is 25 years old yeah, so that sort of uh, proves the point that you know we need to probably be giving the the younger guys uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit more opportunity. Mm. The oldest debutant in the A League was uh, Romario, age forty. Yeah, that also ties with another interesting fact: is the the most nationalities that we've had more Brazilians than Kiwis. Um, Australians have been three hundred and thirty six players, Brazilians twenty nine, and New Zealanders twenty six. And considering we've got a Kiwi team in the comp as well, that's I mean. And how many good Brazilians has there been? The youngest, the youngest player debutant in the A-League was James Vigili. Yep. For Newcastle. I mean, went, where, on, went on to big things. Now? <laughs> um, age distribution, we've had 106 players make their debut under 20. So it's, that's not too bad. No, but 109 have made it 30 years and over. Indeed. We're trying yeah, to stats, yeah. outstat each other, aren't we? Right, after that, let's move on to the games. Brisbane, are in fifth. Take on Wellington, who are in fourth. Friday night, Suncorp Stadium, eight o'clock kickoff. Uh, Brisbane, bucking the trend um, of the first sort of five years of the A League, are looking uh, for their third consecutive win at home. Yep, they struggled at Suncorp for so long, didn't they? I think it was particularly season three that that hideous run might have been season four actually, but yeah, that's that is a surprise and. Wellington, who, who mainly base their form on, uh, on sort of how they do at home, um, they're not mugs away from home. They're, they're good for a point and what have you. Um, but yeah, if, if Brisbane can sort of get used to picking up points, yeah. Well, it know, says it, you know, it is, is it, that they had a they had a winning streak November to February oh eight oh nine. But mm. beyond that, they've never won more than two two in a row at home before, which sort of sums up their problems. And uh, Phoenix, you know, it should be on a high after uh, after beating the Mariners, but you know they need to start. Picking up three pointers away from home, I think, yeah. to to cement their, you know themselves as regular finalists yeah. or even challengers. Yeah, that's got a potential for a really good game that one because I, th- I thought Brisbane should have clocked up more against Sydney last week. Um, you know, Wellington are scoring quite freely so far this season, and I can see him going for Brisbane on that one. Now, it could be a high score draw, two or something like that. And North Queensland undefeated. North Queensland, who'd have thought that? Um, <laughs> a home to Adelaide on Saturday. Um, so they're aiming for their fifth consecutive undefeated match, which would be an equal club record. Adelaide is aiming for its sixth consecutive match undefeated. So um, unless it's a draw, one of those streaks is going to go. Which where, is a very low yeah. thing. Where do you see it going? What's quite interesting about this is that most of the games, you know, pretty much all the games that Fury played so far this season, they've expected to lose. They had a really tough start. Am I right in saying what they had? What Perth away? Perth away, Sydney, Sydney at home, Sydney at home, and then away to Melbourne away. So yeah. you could you could see them losing all three. So they yeah. went in even the you know the victory game as a massive underdog. Now they're at home to Adelaide. Last season wouldn't wouldn't spoon winners. You know they're kind of their favourites, aren't they? They're probably you know after the start they've had, 
they'd be expecting yeah, to, oh, to win or certainly get players with red cards. Yeah, uh, yeah. They'll be too down from that. But it's a different approach, you know what I mean? Yeah, they yeah, haven't, they've lost pressure. that yeah. sort of underdog tag and how they react to that's going to make a, a big difference. But I, I think because they've certainly got the players and they seem fired up for it that I'm going to I'm gonna tip Fury. I'll tell you the other player that I really like that I, I didn't mention in the review part which uh, played a major part in that winning goal for Adelaide was uh, Flores. Yeah. I think he's a fantastic player. Like he played that return ball to Ramsey without really looking. He just sensed where the run was and knew exactly where he needed to put the ball yeah. for him to run onto it. And I think if he can stay fit I think I'm going to really enjoy watching him this season because I, I enjoyed seeing him in the Champions League but I never got the impression he was quite fit in that yeah. but you can still see the little touches and um, and I think with, with, a, with a load of young lads around him a little bit similar to the not, not at the same level obviously but when Cantona came to Man United like it, yep. and he just pulled the strings you know because he had all the players around him the young lads the, yeah. the young Skulls and Giggs and Beckham and he was just the sort of orchestrator that didn't do a huge amount of running yeah. but was so influential in bringing them into the game and I, I sort of see him playing that role with with Leckie and Ramsey and you know, they can get Travis Dodd back and firing the, um, I think they, and Barbiero midfield yeah. I think they've got the players there for him to do that with yeah uh, the second game on Saturday, um, always a big game. Sydney FC, 10th at home to the Mariners in 6th. Uh, mm. Pedge Bowich set to make his 50th Hyundai League, A-League appearance. Um, this one's thrown up uh, a few shocks in its time. Mariners yeah. have often come and, uh, and gone home with the points in this game. What about when Sydney were 3 up and ended up being 3 all? Oh, I, was, I was at that. Yeah, so same. That might be the most drunk I've ever been at an A-League game. And that's same. It's in the that is, competition for the other games. That is something. <laughs> but I think was, that was season one. Oh, was it? Season one, I think. Maybe or season oh, no, two. Oh, no, 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 no. Tell you that. No, I know the one you mean. That was a couple of years ago. I'm talking about a game in season one where Sydney lost 3-2. Oh, right, OK. Yeah, when... Uh, what's his name? Noel. Gallagher? No, no. I can't remember his name. Looped, deflected free kick over the top and like, right. towards the end. And it was it was pissing down with rain, which is unlikely for a Sydney FC home game. Yeah. Um, so how do we see this one going? I mean, Sydney need a win. Jeez, they need a win. Um, I think it would be another draw. You think? Yeah, yeah. It looks like a really good opportunity for Sydney to get their season back on track. But, you know, the Mariners have a reasonable record. Um, I think they're going to pick up a f- their fair share of points on the road. Hopefully Perez is back. Playing at least well, it looks time. like he's in line for his debut. So, um, yeah. Trev, we might see how, uh, see how strong your prediction is this yeah. weekend. That's a guy that I've never seen play football before. Exactly. Yeah. Tipping him for Johnny Warren medal. <laughs> uh, Sunday, we move to 3 o'clock, kick-off at Skill Park on the Gold Coast. Gold Coast United versus Melbourne victory. Uh, Roddy Vargas play. set to make his 100th A-League appearance. Um, how do you see this going? Again, not... Two not great starts. Gold Coast have had a week off. Yeah, that crowd cap in place. God, I mean, how many people are going to be there? Is the first thing I'd say. Probably similar to what we saw last time, three thousand or something, four thousand. Um, this is a really tough game to call. Um, victory, you know, are sort of you know going to be useful on the road. Gold Coast have been a little bit more stuttering than how, especially they started last season. They're firing out the blocks. Um, I think the the victory might pick up the, their first win of the season. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go Melbourne. Okay. Um, yeah, tough to say. I've not really seen that much. Of the, didn't see the Gold Coast in action last week, so I suppose it depends how they come back. Um, I think I'm going to tip a draw there. Definitely. Go, go on a limb. <laughs> <laughs> um, rounding off. Round, who gets the week off this week? I can... Do, I, Newcastle. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Newcastle yeah. got the week off. Um Melbourne Heart play host to Perth Glory, so bottom, bottom uh, plays host to top. Do we see uh, Perth coming a cropper there? Um, if they hadn't already gone to um, Melbourne once this season and won 2 0, I would be predicting Hart to pick up their first win there. Um, but I still think Hart are a little bit all over the place, and I think Perth top of the league are going well so I'm going to tip another away win yeah. could easily be a draw but I don't think Hart going to win <laughs> alright uh, I agree I think Perth will be on a bit of a roll I think they'll go there um, when is Fowler going to open his account yeah, he hit the he's bar he's rubbish isn't he 
What a waste of money. How is he going to open his account? Penalty. Okay. Is he going to be their penalty taker? I'd have thought so. Because he's, a, he's amazing a good penalty, penalty taker. Okay, let's let's have a little side bet. How do you think he's going to open his account? Penalty? Yeah. Free kick? Yeah. Foot or head? That's your four. Well, a safest bet would be foot, wouldn't it? But I'm going to go... foot, not a penalty. Penalty separate to foot. Yeah, no, I'm going to go penalty because I said it to begin with. Right. I'm going to go header. I think he's going to score with a header. That's going to be his opening. Ten bucks? Watch this, yeah. All right, in. Um, All right, that's it. That's the, uh, he gets a penny and misses it, like he did for Man City when he stopped him getting into Europe. And that was was that Schwartz, Schwartz that yeah. saved it. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, just, just rake up our, co- our private conversation to uh, to say thanks for joining us. Uh, hopefully, the sound quality has been a little better this week. Uh, if the content hasn't, um, <laughs> but join us next week for uh, four four two Insider Podcast. Enjoy the A League this week, and uh, we'll be back next week to preview. Uh, round five of the A-League but also Socceroos in action again uh, against Switzerland and Poland so have a good week speak to you next week 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services